So I just, I have a brief message actually, uh, going to get you out early today. Somebody say amen. <laughs> and uh, I want to just talk to you just a few weeks about some things that have been on my heart. And then, uh, so that means in our new building, we'll have our Good Friday service and, and uh, communion service, and we'll have the uh, harvest uh, party with the kids, uh, uh, that Easter egg hunt, and, and Katie's got some interesting things you're doing. And then Sunday, our Easter service will be in our our new facility, so we're, we're so excited about that, and, and once again, so thankful for what the Lord is doing. Well, let me just take a moment and pray and, and ask for God's blessing. Father, I humble myself before you, and I recognize that in and of myself, I have nothing good to say, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today. Lord, all those that are coming, that are seeking, that are hungry, that uh, those that are faithful, that are consistent, Lord, may have been weary and doing well. I pray, strengthen their spirit, man or woman, and Lord, that they would leave here encouraged, challenged, and built up in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. I want to talk to you about thinking differently. Thinking differently. Thinking differently about your life. And, um, you know, uh, at Harvest uh, here, I am so grateful. I'm, I'm told, stati statistic-wise, of most churches, 20% carry the load and 80% do nothing. That's the average. And, it's, and most churches, really, from statistics, uh, it's actually less. But not here at Harvest. We've got 80% of people that serve. Thank you. Yes, that's, a that's to you all. You bit a hold of that. You grabbed a hold of that. You jumped up and you said yes. And, and, but, you know, the rest of the 20%, we don't condemn. We just encourage you. Put a little fire in your seat because when you look at somebody that serves, there's a joy in their life. And, then, and there's a peace. And then there's a, a sense of the gratitude and, and thankfulness of what the Lord is doing in your life. So we just know that God has a place for everyone uh, serving inside and outside the church and, and, and areas of ministry. Can you say amen? And I, and I thought about this, this mini-series, Think Differently. Apple had a sales slogan about this, Think Differently. And and, but it, this is, it's not about being weird, but it's about having a heaven's perspective on our life now. And sometimes, hear me, my brothers and sisters, that's the only way you can deal with the trouble in life. Things hit you that are heavy, and they oppress you, and you, and, and, and you just think, if this is it, and this is the rest of my life, you start to wonder, and you go, wait a minute, what is God's perspective on this? And, and, and it takes a different mindset to rise above that. Yes, it does. Yeah, really, you have to think differently. That's why it's so important to get the Word of God in us, because why that Word inside of us causes our mind to change into the thinking of God's thoughts. Amen. How many know there's too much of our thoughts? Heard this one time that you lie more than to anybody else. You lie to yourself more than anybody else. Come on, somebody. You're starting to wake up now. <laughs> Think differently. We're not talking about being weird. And, <clears throat> you know, there, I, I say once in a while, hey, brother, sister. And I mean that. I feel that. And, but to be shouting that in the middle of the mall, you know, hey, brother. You know, people think you're weird. Come on now. <clears throat> but, but, you know, you're, we're family. Can you say amen? <clears throat> One of the texts I have that we'll use is Romans 12, 11. Never be lacking in zeal, <clears throat> but keep. Somebody shout keep. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord, serving the Lord. <clears throat> and then also in Matthew 25, 40, 
Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And we'll just develop that here in a moment. And one commentary says this about keeping your spiritual, sober, uh, spiritual fervor means to work hard, <clears throat> not be lazy. Come on, somebody. We're not called to be lazy. <clears throat> and uh, God's called us to work hard, but, but to keep that spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And I think of the illustration of it's boiling water. It's actually a direct connection to this if you read some commentaries. And it's saying that the temperament, watch this, of the Christian is compared to water that is bubbling and boiling over the flame. <clears throat> I remember my grandfather, and he used to, from Italy, 100% Italian, he would make eggs. He said, you want boiled eggs? And so our family, we still keep the tradition of boiled eggs. And maybe all you do that, and, but, but, but you boil it for about seven minutes, depending on the size of it. But he would only boil it for a minute or two, and it'd be all yolky, whatever, and he would crack the top of the egg in a little shot glass, or whatever you want to call it, and he would just eat the egg that way. And I just thought, though, that boiling water is what our temperament should be. Fervor for the Lord. If someone sees you, they can't look and say, you know what, I don't know if that guy's a Christian or not. Come on, somebody. Amen? Or that girl, wow, she doesn't exemplify one that's a Christian, or is there all these cringes? Ugh. We'll get into that in a moment of some cringe things. But that's the illustration. I have this quote. C.S. Lewis said, aim at heaven and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. Amen? <laughs> And so back to Matthew 25, 40, whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. You know, here's the thing. The more spiritual we are, and I don't know about you, I want to grow in the spirit. I want to, I want to be mature in the spirit. Come on. And, and sometimes I, I feel like I take three steps forward and two steps back. Come on. You know, I thought I was further along. And, and, and so we'll always have that, that we can have opportunity here on this earth. But the more Christ-like you are, the more spiritual you are, the not, you're not more weird. Amen. Uh, the more solid and the more humble and servant and Christ-like attitude that you have and in and, 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 and your heart, and your, and your temperament serving the Lord. And so, so how do we serve God? How do we serve God? We serve God by serving others. I want you to think about that. That's our verse, Matthew 25, 40, the parable of the sheep and the goats. Jesus said, whatever you did for one of the least, some shall least. So I'll let you think about what least means. I think we all know what least means in some way or another. Of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. So the, how we treat the least is how we treat Jesus. Amen. Think about that for a moment. Another translation says, whatever you did it, for any of my people, no matter how unimportant they seemed to you, you did it to me. You know, I, I, really, I really make an effort as a pastor, and not just as a pastor, but as a Christian, just as a Christian man, to whoever I meet, to pay attention to them. I mean, even though there may be things, come on, distracting me, come on, things you like you're carrying, times and things and weights and things that are heavy, and, and to be intentional about, I'm care and concern, you share your story, what's going on, and to be that, a, a sense of empathy. And uh, <clears throat> when you actually care about God's people and people that really can't do anything for you. Yes. <laughs> well, you know what, if I be friends with him, See, he could get me, come on, or if she, you know, whatever, or she's a part of a group that, you know, everyone matters to God. 
All right? Are you still with me? It's actually what it's called to be relationally congruent, and it means to be the same person with the same values in every relationship, in every circumstance, and it actually has to do with being consistent, consistency and care at the same time. So we're talking about how and why we serve God, the why. Now I have this quote, when you do something that makes someone else's life better in some way, you are serving God. Did you hear that? I think I have that. You are serving God. You are serving the Lord. And, 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 uh, <clears throat> and, and, and a lot of people, you know, most they serve, and, but some people serve out of guilt. Some people serve out of duty or maybe pressure. If it's a self-centeredness, and, uh, but God wants us to serve out of a spirit of gratitude. Can you say gratitude this morning? What gratitude for what he's done for us. He made us. He saved us. He's taking us to heaven. Can you say amen? But, but, but I want to drill down a little bit on gratitude here. How many know we live in a wrecked world politically, emotionally, and mentally? But here's the thing. We don't have to live with a wrecked attitude. All right, getting somewhere. See, an entitlement attitude coupled with ungratefulness, it's going to sabotage and strangle the full life of Jesus that he promised us. We don't want that. And so, so what kills that in us? And I thought about that as a pastor, being in ministry, and, and, and really my job is, is sheep and people and loving on them and caring for them when, when their husband or wife is in the hospital, they lost the child and devastating things, joyous times, celebration times, through the tough times and there. And I just thought, are you watching people's lives and then your own life? How many know I'm not exempt? Right? You know, how many know God has a woodshed for me? You better believe that. <clears throat> There's a lot of scars in this back, and I don't want to say butt, but you know what I mean. <clears throat> Anyhow, <clears throat> it's like, Mike, come on, let's adjust here. But, but I thought about, you know, what deals with that in us, and, and, and what happens, I believe, is God at times for season has to hide us. And that's actually the will of the Lord. This is an interesting verse here in Hebrews 11.23. You can pull it up. It says this, <clears throat> by faith. Somebody shout, by faith. By faith. Say that again. Say, by faith. By faith. <clears throat> Moses, after his birth, was hidden. By faith, Moses, after he was born, was hidden. Here's the thing. Was Moses called by God? Yes. Was he anointed yes. to be a deliverer? When the story killed a man and all, you know. And there's a whole message in that. He was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that he was a beautiful and divinely favored child and they were not afraid of the king, Pharaoh's decree. And so Moses was called. Moses was anointed, but Moses' parents hid him for three months. We know in the natural from what Pharaoh, but there's a spiritual truth there for all of us. And if you can get this this morning, the scripture says that that was an act of faith. Hiding him was an act of faith. How many with me say amen? You know, there is so much self-glamorization today. People get up on the stage and they feel now they're important. Now, come on now. You know, now my life, I can speak to people or my podcast has 10,000 views. Or my, you know, God kills that in me when I do a message and there's only three views. <laughs> That's why I don't stay on social media. I don't watch it. <laughs> you know, I don't care. And then there's some guy in the back of a tin can, and he's got 80,000 views. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't. I really don't. <laughs> but I did bring it up. 
And I, I noticed it. I'm like, okay, what's going on here? <laughs> Is he going, going, clicking, you know, and getting numbers? I don't know. But here, here what I'm trying to say. This, this, there's all this social media, TikTok. Listen, I was on TikTok for a while. Some of you, oh, Pastor Mike was on it. I got off when I found China was data mining me, you know? Okay, come on. But listen, uh, there's a billion something people. Uh, uh, me saying that is not going to stop it. But what I am going to say, I hope it helps you to monitor that here this morning. But all of this going on, Snapchat. And here's the thing. There are hilarious videos out there of people doing stupid things. It's just hilarious. I have cried laughing. I'm like, why did you do that? And so here, you don't think Mike's anti-everything. People are funny. They really are. They're, they're funny. But the notice me, like me, am I pretty? I can dance, you know, <clears throat> or whatever. <clears throat> Come on now. <laughs> There's other dances I learned too. And I actually think I did one of Mariah video me. So <clears throat> anyhow, but I deleted my account. I hope it's deleted. <laughs> People, yes, they can be hilarious, but they're, 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 you know, there's this, there's this. Tell me, I'm valuable. T tell me, I'm pretty. I, I feel ugly, but t tell me, I'm worth something. We need to think differently. We need to think. What does God think about it? I know I said that, and some of you just think, yeah, that's right. But you still feel this. That if I can only get a bunch of likes, and my brothers and sisters, it is called, has caused people to kill themselves. You hear what I'm saying? Y'all, you have to just, just Google the suicides that happen because people don't get likes. Uh, young boys in India getting hit by a train, just showing their last scene, just so they could have people, a mother in, ingesting poison, killing herself right there on video, just so people would like it. <clears throat> 1.4 million people attempt suicide in the United States yearly. 30,000 accomplish it. And I think one of the highest rates of suicide, my wife and I, we were in Japan uh, a number of years ago, and, and we were on a train, and <clears throat> it's epidemic there. It's an epidemic. And the train stopped. And we said, why are we stopped? A young girl jumped in front of it, killed herself. So they had to clean it and, and get the train going again. What am I trying to say? We need to think differently. <clears throat> and, and it's not how important we are. And really, for most of that, it's really the pride of life. Okay. And so I, I want to just challenge your thinking about that, that, that you don't need your adulation and your affirmation from someone you don't even know <clears throat> to give a little heart to you. You don't even know them. <clears throat> and I found out what was out there, that there is a sea of broken kids, kids rejected, kids just, just living in their basement. No parent situation, no looking for moms and dads. And I'm glad that there are people that have taken on. It's a ministry field, and they're trying to be a witness, even in that. And so I'm not being condescending about that, but I, I just want to encourage you. We need to think differently. Where do we go for our source? Where do we go? How many, how many with me say amen or oh me? See, the, Jesus had a different approach. Jesus thought differently. When he worked a, a miraculous healing and deliverance, he didn't say, hey, did you capture that? Put that on TikTok, load that up, see how that goes. See how many hits I get. Come on, somebody. Or, you know, that, uh, uh, you know, raising that guy, Lazarus from the dead. Hey, mate, did you guys happen to get that? We got to get that on Snapchat. Wow, man, that was pretty amazing. Did you see him coming out like this? 
Come on now. <clears throat> think differently. I'm talking about why we serve the Lord. And God wants us to think differently. Amen? Think differently. Once again, I'm not anti. See, I got this quote. God's will is what we would want for ourselves if we were smart enough to want it. <laughs> That's the truth. Some of you think, oh, Pastor Mike, if I submit to God, if I finally say yes to everything, he's going to send me to Africa. <clears throat> or he's going to send me to North Korea. Or he's going to send me to Russia. <laughs> or he might, but most of the time he won't. What he's going to do is take you right where you're at, love you, grow you, get you plugged in. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> and give you a heavenly kingdom mindset. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. <clears throat> uh, I'm losing my thoughts here. Okay, First Thessalonians 5.18 clearly tells us a right attitude that we should have in a wrecked world. A right attitude in a wrecked world. Bible says, give thanks. Somebody shall give thanks. It does not say for everything. Come on, there's a lot of stuff I don't want to give thanks for. I am not happy about it. I don't like it. <clears throat> Are you guys all right up here? Okay. <clears throat> I'm making a mess here. I'm throwing out toothpicks out of my pocket here. Put that back in. <laughs> <clears throat> I won't use that. <clears throat> we got to keep it light. Amen. <clears throat> Give things in everything, not for everything, okay? For this is God's will for you in Christ. And you know what? How many of you know that can be extremely hard, right? Extremely hard. And, uh, but even if you have heaven's perspective, even if you do it, it's still agonizing at times to give thanks in that moment, right? Give thanks in that moment. How many know we live in a fallen world? And Satan is the God, small g, of this world. <clears throat> Pull this up if you would, please, here. Gratitude is the best motivator to serve. How many know it's not through guilt? Amen. Amen? Guilt is not the way. Gratitude is a basic ingredient to a meaningful life. We find ourselves with gratitude from time to time over what others have done, <clears throat> especially if your love language is maybe acts of service. How many have acts of service? How many know what I'm talking about that? So if someone does something for you, how does that make you feel? Wow, thank you. You mean you went home to my house and you did all my laundry and you folded and put it away. Come on, somebody. You mowed my lawn, you came by and I was busy. You swept my dry, you know, acts of service is a big deal. But, but all of us, there's things that speak love to us. Come on, and, and that, that, that's gratitude. But biblical gratitude is different. I have a quote here. Gratitude is the practice of actively, actively remembering and expressing the grace, benefits we do not deserve, and goodness bestowed in our lives. Can you say amen? That's what gratitude is. And it tells me, watch this, that there should be a desire in our hearts, watch this, to show gratitude for the goodness, the grace, and the forgiveness we have received from God, but not just to God, but to others. Did you hear that? To others. Somebody shout others. One of the first acts of gratitude after the, uh, 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 the flood through the life of Noah. Uh, how many know that he was on this ark for about a year? And uh, the Bible says that he walks off the boat, and the first thing that Noah does is he builds an altar. And his first recorded act upon leaving the ark was an act of gratitude, thankfulness. I mean, just think about it. You spend 365 days closed in, in the ark, rocking back and forth. I can remember I took a, uh, in the Marines, they shipped us from 
the uh, uh, mainland Japan all the way to the Philippines as a peacekeeping force in 1985. And so there was a time where we hit rough waters. It was a flat type of a tank boat. And I just remember thinking, I've got four days on this. I'm not going to make it. And I went up to the dock and I said, you have any sea stuff? He goes, nope, it's all gone. You know, yeah. I'm like, I threw up over the side. I was like, oh God, help me. I was dizzy. I mean, it was one of the worst things. But I just think a whole year? <laughs> and then you got all these stinky animals. Come on. And you got taking care of them. And the first thing I could see me, the moment those doors open, what's the first thing coming out of my mouth? You gotta be kidding. This was the worst time I... But the first thing he did is he builds an altar and he says, thank you, God. You rescued my family, my sons, my daughters. Thank you. <clears throat> it wasn't an offer of appeasement or sacrifice to God. He had a heart of gratitude. And so he leaves that huge box of animal crackers and he says, thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. His heart was full of gratitude, and it's the basis in which we serve God. Not out of a works mentality, I need you to see that, or legalism, or duty, or any of that. So how do we serve God? We serve God by serving others. This is one of the greatest ways to give thanks. Stand with me if you would, please. Told you it would be quick. I have one last slide here, and Lord willing, next week, our last week here, we're going to talk some practical things of how and why we serve God and what that does in our life. But I want to challenge you all today to ask God where you're to serve his body, his church, his people. Once, once you know, again, 80% of the people in this church, they serve and they give of their life and their time and their resources. And I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's really, it is abnormal. It really is. I heard a pastor in a church in another state, they had 2,500 people and they had a church cleanup day. And he told me this. He said, at the church cleanup day, seven people showed up from 2,500. And we call it church day. We'll have 30, 40 people show up. You know what I mean? And so you serve. It's in your heart. But for some of you, I just want to challenge you that maybe you're a part of that, that you know what? It's like, where can I fit? Where can I do? Just begin. Just begin somewhere. Just begin. There's plenty of areas that you can serve and watch and see how that blesses your life. So it's not how much what we have, you know, we enjoy when we give to others. How many with me say amen? You know, some of the most happiest people I've met in, in, in traveling the world here and going over 12 nations are not Americans, sadly, because we're fickled. We have so much resources and it's what are we saving for the next thing and what are we going to get? And, and then this didn't happen and my Amazon Prime didn't come in two days and I needed it in two days and whatever. And I, I've met people in Ukraine. Remember one time we drove all night. It was cold. I remember I had a wool jacket just to wrap and Natasha who was just actually recently married and was pregnant. She was about seven, eight months pregnant in this van and with Peter Mel and all these missionaries just driving and and just, you know, like, where are we going? And we wound up around one, two in the morning and they, they waited about 40 people in a house waited for us to show up because they wanted to hear what the Christian missionaries had to say. And I walked in and they had the joy on their face was unbelievable. 
I mean, they were squeezed in there and the only heat was there. It wasn't central air conditioning. And it was just a, a, a fireplace that, that they had coal in there to heat the brick. And so the brick heated them. And when I showed up, they just, they loved on us. They hugged us and went, you people are rich. You people are rich. I'm not saying that there's not true happiness here, but you know what? We're really caught up in a lot of materialistic things here in America, and God wants to, ha, us to pattern that in a heavenly perspective. How many hear what I'm trying to say? There's nothing wrong with things. There's nothing wrong with the nice boat or the nice car or the truck or the fish out there. There's nothing wrong. How many hear my heart today? We have a heaven's perspective on our life. Every head bowed, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You're here this morning. Maybe you're watching online and you say, Pastor, I, I, I don't have heaven's perspective. I'm pursuing things. Uh, social media has me wrapped up. I, I'm in bondage, really, hearing what you're saying. I, I, I look for my self-esteem through that. I need to have heaven's perspective. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, I, I don't know the Lord. I'm not in right relationship with him, and I need Jesus in my life. If that's you, maybe you're online or even here this morning, I want to pray with you. It's a very simple prayer, but it's a very powerful prayer. And it's a prayer where we make a decision to follow the Lord, where we surrender our life willingly to him. You have that choice. God has given you that, I believe. His desire is that all men and women might be saved, but you have that choice. And this life is the testing ground of that, where you submit to God, Will you welcome him to be Lord and King of your life? Or will you live for you? With every head bowed here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I want Jesus. I want to surrender my life to him. Let's pray together. Say with me, say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Fill me with your spirit. I give you my life today. Now take it. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it, we want to help you in your journey. We want to help grow you in your faith, and we're here for you. Amen? Amen. Well,